listening to the 4th and 16 Podcast. And now, your host, Ellis Tolbert. What's up, folks? Welcome to 4th and 16 Sports. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Hopefully, you all are having a great day today. I know there's a lot of stuff going on around in the country, and that compelled me to make this episode, so I'm coming back to you. Uh, I know I have been a little bit uh, absent from this kind of podcast format. It's been basically the show for a while, just basically reposting the show. Um, but we're going to try and work with doing the regular podcast format as usual. Uh, I'm coming to you from my office today. This is not a part of 4th and 16 live show um, because I have a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things on my heart, and I know it's at the forefront of the news and everything that you ever click on right now. So we're going to try to dig through some of that. Uh, again, I'm coming to you through uh, coming to you through the office setup. <laughs> Bear with me if it doesn't sound as good. Um, last night, I unfortunately had all my computer, my tablet, some personal items, and some cash stolen from my car. Uh, that laptop's very important because if you watch the show or know me, this is what I use to do the podcast and show. It had all my art, graphics, um, music, everything that I use for 4th and 16, as well as some work items on that computer and tablet. Um, so I am a little bit dejected about that right now, but that's okay. I'm going to keep my head up. Uh, I do have a GoFundMe link. I'll talk about that more later on in the episode. I'm not going to keep you here long either. Um, you know, again, folks, I haven't really asked anyone for anything for the two years that I've been doing this. I've been going without any sponsors, uh, any backing whatsoever. Um, so, you know, if you can spare a few, you know, dollars or so to help me out to the goal of getting it replaced, it would be awesome. If not, maybe just sharing it. That would help too. I appreciate any in support, any support you guys give me. Um, because you have been so good to me over the last two years. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Ellis Tolbert. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the things that are happening in the news today. And folks, I'm going to talk to you like a human. I'm not going to talk to you like a radio personality or a podcast personality or a journalist. I'm going to talk to you like a human because I think that is necessary. Way too many people are out there trying to do inflammatory pieces or just trying to boost up their own personal agenda by tearing down other things in the country or misrepresenting things that they uh, are posting. So uh, we're going to talk like humans today. Uh, of course, I know it's been at the forefront of everybody's mind right now. Uh, you can't really get away from it. But we're going to be talking about um, you know, the racial injustice in this country and how that affects college football right now. And Honestly, how it's directly affecting Clemson football program. Uh, Clemson's football uh, program is being hammered right now for some of the things that are happening, and we're going to dive through those. I'm going to talk to you as objectively as possible. You know, I, I am a Clemson graduate. Uh, I am a Clemson fan. I cover Clemson sports. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to criticize, but I'm not going to be doing all criticism. I just think people should talk about this from an open mind standpoint. They should uh, think about it from all viewpoints and then go with it their best intention. That's it. You know, I think we can get past some of these negative things if we do, th if we do the due diligence in learning about the situation that we're talking about. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to try to keep this short as possible. I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. Um, also, I am going to do this just straight. I'm not going to do any edits or anything because, again, I want to talk to you from the heart. So, 
of course, there is a lot of uproar in this country right now uh, when it deals to deals with the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. It's we've been through a gauntlet of things like this uh, in 2020. Not to mention the COVID-19 crisis, losing idols like Kobe Bryant. Um, it's just been a pretty bad year, and this is kind of the icing on the cake. But I don't look at this as a negative. I think the things that are happening right now are what's going to make this country even better. Uh, so we're going to have the uncomfortable conversations, and I'm going to be doing some criticisms, but I'm also going to be doing some boosting. So no matter what side of the uh, argument you're on, we're going to talk through it. So, of course, George Floyd was seen killed by Officer Derek Chauvin. Two towels there. Two other uh, officers were there. This was videotaped, uh, and this sent the country in an uproar. Remember, this happened shortly after Ahmaud Arbery's situation down in Georgia. Um, this really set the country on fire. But um, what that has done is started a lot of peaceful protest protesting. Problem with that is there's been a lot of people coming around doing rioting, violence, and looting. Uh, we saw the Target burned down in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, they went after the auto zone, which was actually started by an undercover off-duty police officer. So let's get that narrative straight. Um, you know, first and foremost, let me state that I do not condone violence, rioting, or looting. That is the furthest thing that I want to ever associate with protesting. But folks, protesting is the First Amendment. We, we love to hold the amendments to our heart. We like to follow them. But you must remember that protesting is the number one thing, the number one right as an American. So call it whatever you want. Protesting is fine, no matter what. Again, I do not condone the rioting. Uh, but let's get one thing straight. The reason why rioting is happening, because people don't know how to really um, handle the situation. Also, it's been incited by some people uh, and some groups uh, on either side of the argument that, I, I guess you could say, wants to see the violence happening. Because it takes away from the argument that's happening. So I encourage, I encourage people to say... Look, if you're going to go to a protest, go with the intention of protesting. Don't go with the intention to break stuff. If that's your only goal, you want to go and excise some kind of fetish of destroying things, stay home. Stay home. At the same time, on the other side, I think I've seen enough footage of police officers inciting enough violence and then retaliating from the violence that they created. I don't like that. So I think something needs to change. First and foremost, this protest is about racial injustice and police brutality. It has nothing to do with the American flag. No one who is truly protesting for what uh, you see these people out there walking and protesting for, it's not about the country. It's not about the flag or the military. It's about the systemic racial injustice that we have in this country, and let's not try to ignore it. That happens. It's also about police brutality. And this is not just for African-Americans. I want to make that clear. As an African-American man, this is not just about African-Americans. This is about every race dying at the hands of police officers unjustly. That's what we're trying to change here, folks. So let's get that clear. Also, you know, a lot of people want to 
say, well, you guys are not peacefully protesting. What are you doing? We, we, don't, we want you to peacefully protest. Well, what does that look like? Martin Luther King, someone that people love to quote during this time, marched in Selma as a protest. People didn't like that very much. They killed him. The other hand, you had people kneeling. That's not good. You had an entire organization in half the country against kneeling because they didn't have the right mindset about what the protest was. Now you're having people walking through streets and getting tear gassed. <laughs> what, do we, what do we do about that? How do we handle that? So that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, in reaction to that, you're seeing a lot of different things happen. You're seeing uh, companies and uh, you're seeing different organizations coming out either standing for the protest or against it. Not necessarily against it in the sense of they're just being flat out racist. They just don't believe in a lot of the things that are happening right now. So they don't really know how to handle it. They're, they're just, they don't want to be a part of something that looks like looting and rioting, which is of their own fault. If you just ask anyone why they're fighting, they'll tell you. So, like I said, in wake of that, you see a lot of different organizations putting out different statements and standing with or against it. Um, you're seeing it in the NFL. You're seeing Drew Brees get lambasted for his statement and then apologizing and then having the complete opposite statement and pissing off everybody on each side of the argument. <laughs> it's amazing. You have a lot of people who are coming out and saying some great things. You look at the things that Tom Herman said down in uh, Texas. He made a lot of good points. But when it hits home, when it hits to Clemson, South Carolina, the Clemson Tigers, uh, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson football program has been coming under fire. And it started because of Dabo's silence on the situation for a little while. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. So 2016, Dabo made some statements on the Colin Kaepernick stance, um, where he felt uh, the country was and what the protest was for and how to mitigate that. He said it's not a race problem, it's a sin problem. He also did not agree with the way that Colin Kaepernick, again, <laughs> the way he protested, even though it was peaceful, he wasn't out there destroying anyone or yelling or anything. He was just simply kneeling. Players stood in solidarity with him. That's funny to say because standing, you know, but... He was opposed to that, and he quoted Martin Luther King. That did not resonate with people very well, especially people with uh, intentions of trying to change these uh, things that we're fighting about. So, you know, Dabo has been, you know, negatively looked at in that regard in social issues uh, since 2016. Okay, so in 2020, the things happened with George Floyd, and you see a lot of other coaches going out and um, making their statements. They're coming out and uh, saying things. It's some, some are simple as, um, we stand with you. Uh, some just say, you know, Black Lives Matter. But some are going off on tangents and saying things that are in their heart. And some of them are actually going out and protesting with people and their team. This is where Dabo is getting criticism because it took Dabo a little while before he actually came out and had a statement. The statement didn't ring true again in a lot of people's eyes. In my own eyes, I just seemed a little tone deaf. 
But that is a product, and I've said this on Twitter, anyone that follows me, that is a product of Dabo being such a fun-loving guy, honest-to-God guy, such a good religious guy that he doesn't think that there's actually problems out there in this country. He's almost aloof to it. Now, whether you can say that's acceptable or not, I, I, I don't know. I find it hard to be acceptable when you have a lot of African-American men on your coaching staff, a lot of African-American men on your football program. Come on now. You know, you know someone said something. Someone's brought something up. You know a player has some feelings and thoughts on this. You can't be aloof to it. However, again, I think Dabo's statements come from the heart. He chose to have it in a press conference type thing instead of putting out some kind of graphic with a PR firm that helped him script uh, a very good um, and very public eye friendly statement. He decided to do the Dabo thing where he goes on and he talks and talks and talks and talks and digs himself into a hole with some people, a lot of people actually. But that's not even really the biggest thing that's happening right now. There's two different instances that we're going to talk about, and we're going to try and get some insight and clarity on that. So the first one, uh, after making those statements, Clemson football um, social media decided to put out a graphic with uh, audio of Dabo and some of the things that he said. Uh, and that did not rub everyone uh, the right way. Uh, you look at former player Canyon Tuttle came out, basically said, how can you stand for this when you allowed a coach to call a player the N-word? Also, you tried to block us from the psych sit-in in 2016. Uh, that made people angry. Folks, when you hear the, the words, you allowed a coach to call a player the N-word. First and foremost, a lot of people didn't know who Canyon Tuttle was talking about. He didn't know if it was Dabo. You don't know if it was Dabo calling the people that, or you didn't know if it was some other coach. You had no idea. There was no context put in that whatsoever. Okay. Um, then it was, you know, it was pretty much corroborated later on by DJ Greenlee, for, former tight end at Clemson, uh, basically gave a little bit more context. Then it needed even more context and clarity. So he went and cleared that up. So what I'm reading basically is that um, you know, during practice, DJ Greenlee missed a block or missed in his assignment as a tight end. Danny Pierman does the coach thing, goes after him. Hey, blah, 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 yells at him. This is what coaches do. This is what coaches are supposed to do. So then, you know, later on, DJ is having a conversation with a player uh, about what happened and why coach is getting after him. And he's explaining it, but he's also using uh, language that we are not going to repeat on this show. Even though I'm an African-American, I'm not going to say it. You know what the word is. It's a visceral word. I say this all the time. <laughs> Anyone can say it. Results may vary. <laughs> Some people be, might be okay with it. Some people might rock your jaw. You have to be cautious when you say these things because apparently – uh, Danny Pierman decided to come over and start saying, you know, hey, stop saying this. You're saying this and that and this and that. You're always saying that word. Stop it. From what I'm gathering, this is a teaching moment. This is a, hey, let's not use that language on the Clemson football program. Let's not do that. All right. So I get it. Context. It was told that Danny Pearman uh, apologized because DJ went to Dabo and said, hey, man, this is not going to cut it. We're not going to allow that here. 
I, I don't know why he feels so uncomfortable to be able to say something like that. And Dabo basically says, hey, first of all, no one should be saying the word, which DJ did not appreciate either because that was not the point. The point was that he did not believe that Coach Peterman should be able to use that word. So that's a slippery slope, first and foremost. How do you allow a coach to say the word, but the player is not allowed to say it? Or vice versa. How do you allow the player to say it, but not the coach? Would it be okay if, you know, maybe Todd Bates would have said it? No. So that's my point. It's a very, very slippery, slippery slope. But that was hap- that's what happened. DJ said that, Coach Pierman tried to apologize. He did apologize, and he tried to apologize all year. And, you know, eventually they squashed it at some point. Now, the most important thing to remember here is this happened in 2017, three years ago. Okay? So this is not a recent event. I, I wholeheartedly believe if there's a recent event of something that's happening, it's probably going to come out at some point. But I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything, and I don't think there is. So that tells you what kind of narrative this is. This is not something that's recent. This is something that was handled in-house three years ago. So let me do something. I'm going to give you two viewpoints on this. First and foremost, that should never happen. This is a learning. This is this should be a learning experience for Coach Pierman and for Dabo. That should never happen in the program. I don't care how you're doing it. You can come over and say. Don't say that word. I don't want to hear you say that word. I'm going to punish you every time I hear you say that word. That's, that's, that's what we should do, right? That's probably the most sensible thing. That's the thing that can keep you out of trouble. Danny Pierman is not going to get in trouble for telling a player, an African-American player, to not say that word. Think about it. Is DJ Greenlee going to go to Dabo and say, hey, I was not allowed to use this word by Coach Pierman. I'm upset about that. No. There's literally nothing going to happen about that. If I were the head coach and I'm an African-American man, I'd be like, you're damn right. So, yes, I think this is a learning period for Danny Pierman. On the other hand, this is a 2017 incident that was brought up by not even the player that it happened to. This is someone totally different that is no longer a part of the program. In fact, all of these statements that are coming out are, no, are from players that are no longer a part of the Clemson football program. So that makes me wonder a little bit. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know, Danny Pierman should never say that word. He should be, you know, reprimanded for that. Yes, I do believe that. I do believe that he should be reprimanded for that. And I'm not doing this in a way that I think it's going to be malicious. I'm just saying I think it is a learning standpoint. You're seeing coaches all across the country. Morgan Scally, defensive coordinator at uh, Utah. Think about this. Utah had the second-ranked defense a year ago. So, yeah, the guy, this guy's got some you know, cred, but he used a racial slur directly towards a player, not in a teaching moment. He called a player that, and he suspended. You look at the strength coach at Iowa. He came out, and uh, there's a lot of reports from multiple players saying that he was very, very offensive and very racist to the black players on the Iowa football program. He was suspended. If Danny Pearman doesn't go suspended or resign, then you're going to have a black stain on this entire thing every time. How do you go into an African-American son's uh, player's house, speak to their parents, and tell them, I'm going to take care of you when you still have something like this looming over your program? It's going to seem disingenuous. 
So what do you do? I think you make the right decision and either have him be suspended or he resign. Coach Pierman will be fine. That's, gonna, that's not going to kill the relationship between Davo and Coach Pierman. I promise you. They go way back. There is no record of Coach Pierman, as far as I know, being some crazy racist man. Remember, this only came out in 2020, not in 2018, the year after it happened. Another thing to think about is think about the players that were on roster in 2017. Think about this. So if this is happening, let's say it happened in 2016 to 2017 season, because I'm not exactly sure which which part of the year it happens. Of course, college football happens on two different seasons in the same year. You would have had Deshaun Watson, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence. These players are on the roster. Do you really think that they would stand for that? Deshaun Watson was just now in a video to the NFL protesting that they should actually come out and apologize to Colin Kaepernick and everyone who wanted to protest. Do you really think that they would allow something like that to happen and not be a big deal? As far as I know, and, and that's the thing, DJ wouldn't have been quiet. You know, he's going to tell everybody. So, and anyone that heard it that day. So again, I don't, I, I don't, I don't fault DJ Greenlee for being upset about that word. I would be upset about it. I've had it happen to me numerous times, both in teaching and being called that. So we have to remember as Americans, especially if you're white, and I'm not coming after you because you're white. It's not because you're white. It's just that sometimes you don't understand what we go through as African-American men in this country. I talk about this all the time. You guys that listen and support me, thank you so much. I appreciate you. But there are people out there that won't listen to me because I am black, as if that discredits my words and my statements, my expertise in this thing. You know, it's funny, when I first got the gig uh, doing radio for WCCP, uh, someone tweeted me, I can't believe they put a black on the radio. I've never said this to anyone. I've never shown this to anyone or talked to anybody about it. They dehumanized me. They basically put me down to the most common denominator. They, they took me down to the most basic form of myself and called me a black. I can't believe they put a black on the radio station. So this happens in the country a lot, folks. I have numerous stories. All we're asking is for people to listen. I don't want you to hate yourself. I think this is the worst thing ever. I don't want white people to go out in the streets and start self-flagellating and saying, hey, I'm such a terrible white person and I'm sorry and what blah, blah, blah. I just want to hear, have you help. I just want you to hear what we're saying. I want you to listen to us and try to help us for the things that we're asking. That's the whole point of the protest. And it's working. Believe it or not, folks, it's working. But I, I don't think that Dabo is getting a lot of justice being done to him right now. So let's talk a little bit more about this. So Dabo, there's a picture of that service right now that has Dabo um, hanging out with some people at a pool, and he's wearing a shirt that says football matters. And that rubs people the wrong way because, it, you know, right now, Black Lives Matter is the thing. Yes, I support Black Lives Matter. You know, obviously I would support Black Lives Matter. And let me talk to you a little bit about that. Black Lives Matter is not a, you know, exclusionary statement. It's a statement that's made that's to say, if you can't even acknowledge that Black Lives Matter, how can you scream that all lives matter? It's kind of hard and disingenuous to say that. 
And it's not a, of course, black lives matter, because there are a lot of people who don't believe that black lives matter. So Dabo's wearing a shirt that says football matters. Now, uh, it's going to be interesting the next few days when this comes out, because uh, an Oklahoma fan, a self-proclaimed Oklahoma fan was the one that took the picture with Dabo. As I was just telling someone the other day, it seems to me that people like to get Dabo because he is an easy target. He sets himself up, himself up for the situation without even knowing it. I liken it back to the all the five bomb pictures with even children. He had no idea these people were making fun of him. He just wanted to take a picture with people that asked because he's that kind of guy. He's that nice. Hey, Dabo, you're a coach. I'm a North Carolina fan. Can I have a picture with you? Sure. Or I'm a South Carolina fan, Dabo. Can I take a picture with you? Sure. They're five-bombing them. This is what I think this is. Now, I don't know if the the picture is real. It looks like it's Photoshopped. But from what uh, I've read from Trevor Lawrence's tweet, apparently it is a real shirt. He has worn it for months. And from what I'm looking at, uh, I'm reading the background on the shirt. The shirt is not about a rebuttal to African-American people or the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a shirt that's in coordination with the NFL, basically saying that you can learn a lot from the principles of football. I think that's true. Think about the locker room. You can go out and hate a guy. You don't even know this guy on your team, especially college football and pro football. You don't know these people. You don't, you're not from the same community. You didn't go to the same college for most of the people. You know, And you're coming together in the locker room, and you're becoming a team, no matter what. That's what I think the principles of football teach. And that's exactly how Dabo took it. I promise you that. Dabo's not stupid. I call him simple because he's a simple man. He's not dumb. He's very smart, actually. <laughs> so I don't think he would have done that in a way that's a, you know, a response to Black Lives Matter. No, I, I don't think that whatsoever. In fact, I think it's one of those deals where he probably just didn't put any thought towards it and put it on. That's also a negative for Debo. He's got to be more conscious. He's got to be more aware of these type things. And that's basically what I am criticizing him about, is just being aware of the situation and the climate right now. That's how you handle the social thing. Especially, I'm telling you right now, this is the number one reason why Clemson had a self-imposed social media ban. Because they don't want anything getting out that could be misconstrued. This is exactly what happens. We all know what happens on this on social media. I'm sure someone will take this podcast and go, Ellis is either absolutely for racism or against racism. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, there's always going to be something. Somebody's going to extrapolate something out of nothing. And I don't think that Dabo meant to do this. First and foremost, again, a self-proclaimed Oklahoma fan posted the shirt, the picture of the shirt. Why would, you, why would you post that picture right now? Because you know it's going to get some kind of... And, and the thing that I want to step away from is that I want to make sure everybody knows and understands that I will criticize Debo like I will criticize any other coach or person on this planet, including myself. He is not above criticism just because he coaches the team that I love and wins a lot of games. He can be criticized. But a lot of people are taking this in the wrong way and they're criticizing him either because they don't like what he said or they're criticizing him because they're not a fan of Clemson and kind of want to see Clemson go down. I've seen a lot of fire Dabo uh, hashtags on Twitter. We all know Twitter is 
one of the worst places ever uh, for social justice and having conversation. There is no conversation. It's always going to be something negative. But if you're a fan of another fan base, I promise you I can poke holes in your program too. I promise you there's things that you don't know about in your program. I promise you that all these coaches that are out and doing protesting and marching have similar situations. Because, again, racism is systemic. And if you think that any one school is above that or doesn't have anything like that going on in their program, you're crazy. You're absolutely mindless. I'm telling you, folks, this happens all over the country. And I tried to get, I had this conversation with a person on Twitter as well. Uh, as a black man, I've seen this happen in numerous places, but we're also not going to go out there and blast it all the time. And I guess my last statement is that with all of these things happen, people are trying to say that Clemson is running this racist ring and Dabo is just some kind of crazy Trump supporter that's racist and he's disingenuous and he's not, he's a fake. Think about this, folks. The transfer portal exists. If you think that any player, especially African-American players on this roster, people of color on this roster, if you think for one second that these players wouldn't get the hell up and leave if they wanted to because of some racism or things like that, you're crazy. I've seen players transfer because they didn't get enough carries in a game or because they felt just a little homesick. You really think that these players would sit around in Clemson because they have to. No, they don't. They have the power to leave. This happens all the time. Think about it. Would you stay around? It's like jobs. For you, personally, if you had a job that you just absolutely you, you just despised it, and your boss was always mean to you, and you didn't make any money, and you weren't successful, and you had this other opportunity in another place, would you stay there? Yeah, sure. Some of you would stay there just because you're afraid to leave. Some of you would stay there just because you don't want to have to go out in the search process. It's just like dating as well. Some people, when they break up with people, they don't want to go out and start looking anymore because they, they've been hurt enough, yada, yada, yada. Clemson is not the only major program that's winning college football. There's Alabama. You can transfer there. You can transfer to Florida State, Florida. You can transfer to Texas, Oklahoma, since everyone else transfers there. You can transfer to Oregon. You can go anywhere in this country that you want and still be successful. There is no, think about it, Ohio State puts out the most people in the NFL. So if you're a player at Clemson and you really don't like what's going on, you can still go to Ohio State and still be very successful. You're both on a prestigious program right now. So that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it has to do anything with that. A lot of people don't know that Clemson players are planning a protest. Okay, so we'll see. I just ask for your patience in the situation. I know it doesn't look good for Dabo, and I, I really wish that going forward he would start to, I'm not saying to start being disingenuous by not saying things from the heart. I am saying I do wish that he would consult with a PR firm maybe, Maybe have one of his African-American coaches speak on African-American situations. Maybe ask what he can do to help. But you got to think about it. This is what people don't, who don't like Clemson or don't know Clemson, they feed off of that. 
because they don't look at the Call Me Mr. program. They don't look at the countless of hours of volunteering that the program uh, does for uh, Habitat for Humanity. They don't look at the Paul program, which puts a lot of these guys who won't have a chance at the NFL in jobs and other places. He has a lot of players come back and coach for him as graduate assistants. He has a lot of different things. His hands is, are, are in many, many different areas of helping people, and specifically the African-American players. He graduates almost all of them. We even had some that have went on to the NFL without graduating and come back and finishing their degrees. So when there is, we talk about the Clemson family, the Clemson culture, the best is standard. I'm asking you to do that, to uphold that, because it's beyond Dabo. Best is standard will be there and should be there post Dabo. Dabo were to leave today, I still expect Clemson to have best is standard. It's beyond that, and most importantly, it's beyond football. So, folks, I just ask you to you know really keep an open mind, open heart, have the conversations with people that are tough. You know, if you know someone that's racist, call them out. This is for any race. If you know someone that's racist, call them out. Explain to them why that's not okay. Go vote. Vote the people in that will help keep this racial injustice at bay. Start voting and asking for reforms to police procedures. You think about this. <laughs> they, they, don't, they train for hand-to-hand -hand combat and being aware for 129 hours, everything else is eight hours. They don't know how to de-escalate. The police have lives too. Not all policemen are bad. Why we start believing that, I don't know, but we have to come to a, a conclusion that can keep this country moving forward. Because right now, I'm against divisiveness. I am 1,000% against divisiveness. And you should be too. So with that said, folks, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. I appreciate you listening to me and hearing me out. Just make sure that we're doing everything that we can to be good people, most importantly. Um, again, I will have the GoFundMe link uh, in my uh, Twitter uh, bio. You can find the link in the bio. Uh, I have made a couple of posts on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook with 4th and 16 Sports. Uh, it's facebook.com slash 4th and 16 Sports. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at etolbertspeaks. Um, uh, I encourage you to have a conversation with me about this. I don't want clout. I've never done this to get popularity. I know that some people this will rub wrong and for some reason, and I'll probably lose followers. That's fine. I'm not here to gain followers. I'm here to speak the truth on college football, and this so happens to be a part of it right now. So thank you for your support, those who are here. Uh, if I've offended anyone, I apologize, but maybe you should start thinking about what it is we're talking about here. And um, thank you so much. Of course, the show will be uh, resuming on Tuesday. Uh, I won't have my laptop or everything, but we will be doing the Big 12, actually Big 10 uh, conference predictions. That's always fun. Um, and I hope you guys have a great night. Again, the show will be airing this Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join me. And if you want to have a conversation outside of social media, I am free to do that. I'm happy to have a conversation with, about any of these topics with you.